The scripture reading for today is taken from Revelations, the 21st chapter, beginning with the first verse. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God's prepared as a bride adorned, from her, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. The Holy Gospel that's appointed for the fifth Sunday of Easter is taken from the Gospel of St. John, the 13th chapter. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children... Yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will, will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to confess with me our common Christian faith as we speak together the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It was a bitterly cold day. A boy stood shivering on the corner of a street. His clothes were thin and they were tattered. A woman, appropriately dressed for the cold weather, stopped and she engaged the young boy in a conversation. And she found out that he was a child of the street. The compassionate woman took the young boy to a local store and she bought him clothes from head to toe, that were appropriate for the weather. The lad was filled with gratitude and joy, and he could not thank her enough. And as they went their different directions, 
The elated boy turned back and he looked at the woman and he shouted, Are you God's mother? And the gentlewoman answered, No, I'm just a child of God. And the smiling lad remarked, I knew you were related. The people that you work with, the people that you live with, the people that you play with, those people who observe your behavior daily, might they come to the same conclusion about you as this young boy did about that woman? Jesus says in our gospel reading for today, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And by this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Love. Love has been the defining characteristic of Jesus' disciples throughout the ages. His followers have extended his love to the homeless, to the widowed, to the orphaned, to the sick and to the dying, to the imprisoned, and yes, even to those who have been their persecutors. Jesus' disciples love the loveless, and they show compassion to those who the rest of the world often ignore. Christian congregations have often been the centers of love, Jesus' love, where places where sins are absolved and consciences are cleansed and the outcast are embraced and the hurting are healed. And this love has not gone unnoticed. People outside the fellowship of Christ's love have observed Christians loving the unlovable. Many have longed for that love. Many have been attracted to Christ by the love that they've seen Christians exhibit. Many have become recipients of God's love because someone dared to love them and introduce them to Christ. The church father Tertullian, who lived from 155 to 220 AD, said that the pagans of his day were drawn to Christ and to the community of faith by the love that they saw demonstrated by Christians the love that Christians had for one another and for even for those who were not Christians. The pagans would look at the Christians and how they loved one another and they would say, as Tertullian said, see how they love one another. See how they're even willing to die for one another. Their love was like a magnet. A magnet that drew pagans to know more about Christ and the Christian community. Why? Why do Jesus' disciples love in this way? Well, Jesus' followers love people this way because that's how Jesus loves people. During his three-year ministry, was his ministry not characterized by healing the suffering? Did he not come alongside and heal people who were suffering from severe pain, who were demon-possessed? who were experiencing seizures and paralysis? Was it not Jesus who reached out and touched the skin of a leper and healed him? Was it not Jesus who entered into the homes of the social outcasts of his day, the tax collectors and sinners, and had meals with them? Was it not Jesus who said, there is no greater love than this, than that a man lay down his life for another? And did Jesus not fulfill his own words in the most superlative way for he not only gave his life for a man or for a woman, but he gave his life on the cross of Calvary for all people of this world. 
And it's this selfless, sacrificial manner of Christ's love for you and me that draws us to Christ again and again. And yet John Chrysostom, patriarch of Constantinople, who lived about 150 years after Tertullian, complained that in his days, Christians showed all too little love. He writes, even now there's nothing else that causes the heathen to stumble except that there's no love. They're hindered by our mode of life. Truth be told, and I think each of us would say this is to be true, Jesus' followers have often struggled to love other people the way that Jesus loves them. In fact, the evening, on the evening that Jesus speaks these words of our gospel, the disciples have expressed selfishness rather than love. None of them are willing to assume the servant's role. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who rolls up his sleeves and gets out the base and the towel and gets down on his hands and knees and takes the disciples' dirty feet into his, into his hands, and it's Jesus who washes their feet. And in so doing, Jesus sets an example not only for his disciples, but also for you and for me, saying that you should do for others as I've done for you. Due to our curved inward sinful nature which we inherit from our parents and influenced by the self-centered me-oriented values and attitudes of the world in which we live, Jesus' disciples, you and I, are often loveless, hard-hearted, mean-spirited, self-centered, and cruel. And as a result, many an unbeliever has been turned off from hearing the word of Christ, hindered by our mode of life. As I look at my own life, I confess before God and you that I have been loveless when the situation called for love. I've been hard-hearted when compassion should have flowed from my heart. I've been mean-spirited when the Holy Spirit was nudging me towards kindness. I've been self-centered when selflessness was in order. And when presented with an opportunity to serve, to roll up my sleeves and to serve someone else, I've stubbornly sat at that table waiting for someone to serve me. God only knows the injury that I have caused to the faith and the life of others. And so I pray, Lord, have mercy on me. Do you not have similar regrets as you reflect on your own life as a follower of Christ? Can you see those times when you yourself were not as loving and kind to others as you know your Lord would want you to be? If so, then join me in saying, Lord, have mercy on us. And thankfully, Jesus is merciful. He is merciful to us, isn't he? He is kind to us. He granting us the immeasurable riches of God's grace. Jesus selflessly sacrificed himself for us on the cross of Calvary so that our sins would no longer bar us from entrance into, into eternal glory. I mean, Jesus loves you and me. Even when we struggle. Even when we struggle to love ourselves. Even when we struggle to love other people. He still loves and he forgives us. And he is compassionate with us when we're helpless and when we're harassed. 
He continues to serve us day by day as he comes to us in his word, announcing to us that our sins are forgiven, strengthening us in our faith, instilling us a love for others, prompting us to love others even as he loves us. And it's with our eyes focused on the cross that our loving Lord Jesus Christ says, as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Yes, when we live in Christ's forgiving love, the love of Jesus is able to shine. It shines through us into the lives of others. And such love, quickened in us by God's Spirit through His Word, demonstrates to those around us that we are Jesus' disciples. And such love has the marvelous power for healing, for restoring, for reconciling, for uniting. It's for this reason that St. John encourages, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In the classic movie, My Fair Lady, a cockney girl named Eliza Doolittle is well on the way to becoming a lady under the tutelage of Professor Henry Higgins. A rich young suitor named Freddie falls in love with her, but the best romance that he can offer is words, words, words. And Eliza eventually screams, I'm so sick of words. Instead, she demands, don't talk of love. Show me. Many people crave to be loved. We all crave to be loved, don't we? Some are literally screaming in our streets for it. They're sick of empty words and broken promises that have been issued to them by their parents, by their spouses, by their siblings, by their friends, by their bosses, by their government leaders, and yes, even sadly, from Christians. Don't just talk of love. Show me. My friends, who needs you to love them as Christ loves you? Is it a sibling? A spouse? A parent? A daughter or a son? A friend, a classmate, a co-worker? Maybe a parent at ISJ? Maybe even your arch nemesis? I encourage you to tell them of a Savior, a loving Savior who died for them. Share with them the joy, the joy of Jesus' resurrection from the dead and his promise that we will live in glory with him forever. But in addition to speaking God's word of love, show them God's love. Show them God's love by asking God to give you a forgiving spirit toward them.
show them God's love by speaking to them a word of forgiveness. Show them God's love by giving them that comforting hug that they may need. That is listening ear that listens without judgment. Maybe love them by going and visiting them in their home or their hospital bed. Maybe buy them a new set of clothes from head to toe. I'll put food on their tables. Do the odd jobs around their home or yard. Our pagan neighbors watch us. Our unbelieving family watch us too. And they observe our behavior. And they make judgments about us, but more importantly, they make judgments about Jesus. Do we live by what we preach? When we see Christ's selfless, sacrificial love manifest in the way that we live our lives, when they see that, that love can serve like a magnet, drawing them to Christ their Savior. Oh, may our life so reflect the love of Christ Jesus that someone might ask of us like that young man did in the opening story that I shared with you about that woman, are you God's mother? Are you God's father? To which we might respond, no, no, no. But I am a child of God. And then to hear that person say about you and me, I knew that you were related. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.